This is the Gospel City Church podcast. Our hope is that this message is helpful, encouraging, and even life-changing as you grow to know the person and work of Jesus. Enjoy this message today. Today's reading is taken from Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, to chapter 4, verse 1. Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, you know, our passage today is very, very practical uh, passage. I think it deals with a practical subject, which is house and work. And you get to see this, uh, how practical it is, asking this question. Um, this past week, when you, when you were not alone, who did you spend your time with the most? Think about that question right now. Like, who did you spend your time with the most, other than yourself. Because um, there is one research uh, that used this question uh, on the survey conducted in, in the US. Uh, other than spending time alone, I think three relationships uh, were always ranked top. One of them was family, uh, which includes kids, but, and the second one is uh, spouse, and the third one was coworker. Um, so, uh, from starting from age of 20 to 50 uh, in this survey, uh, it's always, there's a little bit of changes, but it's always top three rank is your coworker and your family, which is your spouse and children. And I believe uh, most of us here as well in this room spend this past week a lot with either your coworker or with your spouse, or with your children. So the topic, um, what this passage uh, is speaking about, um, it actually is very practical, because these relationships, like family relationships or working relationships, um, that's what takes take up the majority of our time in daily lives. So. In our passage, as we look into it, I think we want to glean two things about our, um, uh, of these uh, uh, different aspects of life. One is the principle, and the other is application. Because what we will see is that we'll see the principle that Paul is applying when he talk about the family relationship or working relationship, and then we'll see the actual application. Um, so that's what we're going to look into. Um, so I want us to think about the principle first. So what we read in this passage 
is the principle of lordship. I say it again. We see the principle of lordship. What we see is that whatever Paul is talking about here, there is this foundation that he is drawing his conclusion. That is that Jesus is my Lord and I'm his servant. Jesus is my Lord and I am his servant. And you, you know, you'll notice that what he's talking here are deeply grounded in this principle of lordship, that Jesus is Lord. Um, these are eight verses that we read today. But there are nine times the term Lord or Masters appear in this passage. And both words, Lords and Masters, they are the same word uh, in, in the Greek. So I want us to look through it and just skim through it where it appears. Uh, look verse 18. When he was talking about submit to your husband as it is, as is feeding in the Lord. Verse 20, obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. Verse 22, obey earthly masters, which is Lord, and then at the end, fearing the Lord. Verse 23, whatever you do, do as for the Lord, not for men. Verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward. And verse 25, you are serving the Lord Christ. And chapter 4, verse 1, Masters, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So whatever Paul is talking about, I think Paul is addressing different things in life, different areas of life, uh, but the premise is same. The foundation is same, that Jesus is your Lord. You are his servant. And the life that we live in Christ is the new self that we've been talking about, putting on the new self. This is done in the Lordship under the Jesus Christ. So that's the premise, and that's the Paul's ground of whatever he's talking about in, in this passage. Um, if you have been in the church a little bit uh, for a while, you probably heard the term Savior and Lord. We use this term Savior and Lord, and we use it in a phrase where you say that, you know, we need to accept Christ or Jesus as our Savior and Lord, or Lord and Savior. You, you will hear these two terms goes together, Lord and Savior, often. And this is the expression of our faith, because our faith in Christ um, we say that we receive and accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. Um, this expression of faith is saying that the essence of uh, the Christian faith is not simply experiencing and knowing that God exists, or it's not simply knowing that, yeah, Jesus, someone like Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, but the essence of Christian faith, our response to the gospel is trusting and accepting that person of Jesus as my, our ultimate Savior 
and Lord. And I think there's a re- reason why these two goes together, the Lord and Savior, because those two are cannot be separated. You know, Jesus cannot be our Savior unless he is our Lord. But also, Jesus cannot be our Lord unless he saves us. Because he's, he's saving us from, uh, from the bondage of false lords, the false gods in our lives. And I think that includes ourselves. That the only reason that we talk about the salvation, the only reason that we talk about the freedom that we have in Christ, the freedom from the bondage of the sins and different false gods, are because we found the true God, the ultimate Lord in our lives, the ultimate Lord that we can submit to. But that's part of the good news that we have in Christ, the gospel message. You know, we don't need to submit to anything else because we have the new Lord. We are not submitting to the false Lord. We are not even submitting to our own desires and our own selves anymore because we have true and better and the ultimate Lord in our lives. So I think that's the premise, that's the principle that we see here. And um, the reason that I'm highlighting this, here are some reasons why I think it's really important. Because without this principle of lordship, um, without making it as our starting point, the passage that we read today will not make sense to you. There are different things in our passage today, whether it's uh, wives submitting to the husband or husband loving your wives, you know, children obeying your parents, or even there are talks about like bond servants and uh, the masters. But without this principle, the lordship in Christ, I think none of these will make sense to in our heart. But also, uh, the other reason is this. Without this principle or foundation of lordship, knowing that or confessing that I, the Lord is my, sa- uh, Jesus is my Lord, I'm his servant, what starts happening is that people start using this passage to abuse others. Because I have seen that a lot of times. You know, these commandments, beautiful commandments uh, that is given to us, I think this can be misapplied, misunderstood to abuse the other person and to, uh, to meet the need that I have, the sinful need that I have. But that's why I'm highlighting, before you even talk about um, the application of the Lordship in our own lives. So Jesus is your Lord and you are his servant. And, and I hope that we can remember this um, as, we, uh, as we leave today. Um, we're going to transition into the application of this lordship. Uh, we read that the, we said that there are two main areas that this passage uh, is addressing to. One is household, and the other one is workplace. Um, as I was preparing the message this week, um, I just realized that my uh, manuscript is, gets longer and longer and longer, and 
thinking, I realized, oh, these two really are important areas of our lives. And it really covers the 80, 90% of our lives. Uh, but also, the scripture has a lot to talk about these two um, areas, uh, the household and workplace. So as I was preparing, I had to make a decision. You know what? I don't think I can do both of them well. Um, so I had to cut somewhere, and I had to make a decision to focus on uh, one thing. Um, so I decided to follow the pattern of the scripture. Uh, the pattern of the scripture, if you look at it, you will see that uh, Paul actually talks more about this bond servant and the masters. Uh, that's more than half. Uh, that's very interesting because the same idea, the exactly same um, teaching is found in the book of Ephesians in chapter 6. But if you go to Ephesians chapter 6, you will get to see that there, Paul actually talks much more about the household. He talks much more about the marriage relationship. He talks much more about um, children and parents' relationship, and it's beautiful there. Uh, but here, somehow, Paul is... Uh, not doing the same thing that he did in the book of Ephesians, but he talks a little bit uh, more, he spent a little bit more time as uh, when he talked about the bond servants and, and the masters. So I decided to follow that pattern. Uh, I'm not, uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about the workplace today in terms of, in terms of the application of this uh, lordship, but I want you to know it's not because that um, house are less important, those two are the big part of our lives. But today, uh, what I hope to do is focus a little bit more on the workplace uh, that we are facing in our daily lives. And also the other thing that is interesting is this book, uh, when this was carried, uh, delivered to uh, the Church of Colossae, one of the person in the team, the delivery team, was actually the former slaver, slave. You, if you remember the book of Philemon that we did uh, right before the Colossians, uh, we heard the story about the Philemon, who, who was the master, and uh, the Onesimus, who uh, the, used to be the slave of this uh, Philemon, and he ran away, and he's on his way back. So I believe there are something that Paul uh, wants to talk a little bit more in, in this book. Uh, so as we go into the application, I still, I'm, I'm still going to uh, just share a little bit about the, uh, the household the, under the lordship of the Christ, the marriage under the lordship of Christ. So let's look into it briefly uh, before we go to uh, the workplace uh, under the lordship of Christ. Uh, verse 18 and 19 to 20 and 21, you know, it says like this, wives submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. In this room, I know there are, not a lot, but there are wives and husbands. Um, just one exhortation for us, including myself. You know, our spouse is not uh, there to primarily to serve 
us as a master, but we are there to serve one another. Our marriage is, my, is not primary to serve our need and our pleasure, but our marriage is a reflection of the love of Christ and his love for the church. And we are there to serve one another, and as we serve one another, we are serving the Lord. And I think that's the gist of, uh, of this. And that's the exhortation for uh, all the husbands and wives in this room. Together, in the marriage, we serve our Lord. That is call for the husband. That is the call for wives. So husband in this room, we express the lordship of Christ in our lives through sacrificial love. Be ready to give your life to your wife. You know, we express uh, this lordship of Christ. We express and delight in the Christ's unending and sacrificial love by loving our wives, by cherishing her, by sacrificing for her. But wives as well, we express the lordship of Christ in our lives through acknowledging your husband's leadership. So respect your husband. Acknowledge his strength, but also his weakness. You know, not to attack him, but to strengthen him. I think that's the principle applied. We serve the Lord together. And that's why, um, even if we are not married, this still applies to us. The call is same. Whether we are married or not married, we are serving the Lord. We serve our Lord as a married couple. We serve our Lord as unmarried single. But we are all in the same call of serving the Lord with different roles. So that's this exhortation for us in terms of lordship in our house, the marriage and the household under the lordship of Christ. Uh, but then we want to look into more extensively on the workplace, uh, how uh, this workplace un looks like under the lordship of Christ. Let's look at verse 22 to 24 first. I'll be reading it for us. Uh, if you look at verse 22, it says like this, Bond servants. Obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Um, to be clear, the modern-day employment, the modern-day workplace uh, is different from uh, ancient Greco-Roman world, bond-servant, and master relationship. Uh, we cannot uh, correspond in like one-to-one. -one. Uh, we cannot say that it's same. And, you know, thankful to those who before us, you know, wherever uh, there was this 
people who are transformed by the gospel, there was always this movement toward the freedom of the, uh, from the slavery. So thankful to that, I think the day we live here, at least for uh, most of us, in, uh, all of us in this room, uh, we're not in, living in a society where there is a slavery. So that's a good thing for us. So in that sense, we cannot say uh, that uh, the modern day, uh, the working relationship, employee and employer relationship is exactly same as the bond servant and master relationship that we read today here. But there is still some commonality uh, between Paul's time and ours. There are some things that we can apply to our workplace in our daily uh, lives. And in some way, I think it's the most uh, relevant uh, for us because most of us in this room, you either work for someone or you have someone work under you. Think about it. At your workplace, you have either boss or supervisor. You have someone that you are working under. But also, some of us are here that you have people under you, whether it's your team members or whether as a manager, uh, you have a, some people that you have to manage. There are always people that you work with, but you, have, you, are, you actually have some sort of authority and, and uh, the exercise of power uh, over people. So in that sense, uh, I think this passage really applies to our workplaces. because It talks about this relationship where either you work for someone or you work under someone. And the principle of lordship applied here is like this. You know, Jesus is my Lord. And at my workplace, whatever I do, I ultimately work for the Lord. Because Jesus is my Lord, whatever I do at my workplace, I'm not simply working for my boss. I'm not simply working for my supervisor. I'm not even simply working to earn money for myself. But the application is that I work for the Lord in whatever situation that I am in. And there are some characteristics that Paul uh, encourages us to have. You know, verse 22, we see this word with sincerity of heart. Or verse 23, uh, you know, work heartily. I think it shows that it's not simply about the outcome of the work that matters, but as a whole, our attitude, uh, our, our heart that we put in. Paul is saying it matters. So, for Christians, for those who are united with Christ, simply getting by or simply getting things done most effectively, I think that's not how we work. That's not how we apply this lordship in our workplace. But we always, there is always that call for diligence. There is call for uh, patience. It's not simply to please our 
supervisor or even our coworkers, but it's to please the ultimate Lord that we are working for. We are called to obey in our workplace. We are called to do our best in our workplace. Um, you know, immediately when you hear uh, this word, uh, this message, there will be a question that's uh, happening in your heart. The question is this. It's a challenging question or thoughts in your heart is this. Um, you may think like this. If you know my situation, and if you have ever met my boss, or if you know really the people that I'm working with, you know that it's actually impossible. You know, and, and I believe there is legitimate challenges that we face in, uh, in our workplaces. Terrible bosses, toxic environment, toxic culture, unfair treatment. I think all those things, there are so many things, you know, working in this broken world, there are so many things that uh, take away our motivation. There are so many things that makes us depressed. You know, whenever you go into the workplace, it's just so depressing. And we all know that it's very common, especially in Korea. Uh, I'm sorry to say this. Uh, we're, we're living in a fallen and sinful world, and our, the ideal workplace is very, very few. The question is, then how can we face uh, this difficult workplace uh, that we have daily? There's always option, because we're not slaves. We're not um, slaves. There's always option of like, moving jobs or quitting. But we know that that's not, um, that's not the option that we can always take. But more than that, when we work, there is this call that we work with sincere heart, with diligence, and with the patience. So in our passage, uh, Paul, who knew of this more than anyone, I think is giving us two encouragements. So I would like to share these two encouragement that Paul is sharing. Uh, first encouragement is this. Know that there is a reward. Know that there is a reward. Gospel City, when you work for the Lord, your effort your hard working and your patient, that everything that you do will not be forgotten by God. You know, there will be moments, uh, even this coming week, there will be moments you're saying to yourself, oh, what am I doing here? There might be very small mundane thing that you need to do at work. Um, it's not like complicated, but you just need to repeat and repeat. And when you face those, there will be moments you're asking yourself, oh, what am I doing here? And also there might be a tough thing that you need to really endure in 
the workplace. And what one encouragement that Paul is giving us is that it will not be forget, um, forgotten. The Lord knows and Lord remembers. So do your work for the Lord. And when your work is truly for the ultimate Lord of our lives, he will know it and he will remember it. I think this is from verse 23 and 24 here. You know, Paul uh, is saying that whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. Inheritance as reward. This is a surprising expression. One, because... He's speaking to bond servants. You know, these in the ancient world, uh, the inheritance, this idea of inheritance was prima, uh, primarily about the land. You know, when you get inheritance, it's, it's the land because the land was uh, where you can settle. The land is where you can produce the food. The land is uh, usually the inheritance. And these bond servants in the church that Paul is speaking to they didn't have any inheritance in their lives. And they were not in a position where they can dream of one. Yet Paul is encouraging them that there is an inheritance from the Lord. Here he affirms those who have no inheritance in this earth that there is inheritance of reward that comes from the Lord. Uh, but this phrase of inheritance as a reward is also surprising. Personally, it was surprising to me uh, because of the context that Paul is speaking. Because the idea of the reward, you probably heard of it before. Because in the Bible, there is the idea of reward. And usually, it's connected to the work for the kingdom. So I often thought uh, this the reward uh, from God, uh, I think I always connected this idea primarily about the church work or the mission or, you know, directly sharing the gospel. And I believe that there are um, the reward that comes from it. Uh, but here, Paul is not speaking or affirming this reward in those Context, but he's affirming the reward from God in the context of daily work these bond services need to do every day. So what he's saying is that, you know, when you go workplace daily, there are works that you do. It seems uh, like, or you may feel like it's not really connected to anything about the kingdom of God. But if you do it for the Lord, if your daily work that you do is for the Lord, then it is actually connected to the kingdom of God. There is, uh, Paul affirms that there will be reward. He will not be forgotten all the endurances and all the patience that you're putting in, all the heart that you're putting in, he will not forget 
but he will remember. And that is the encouragement for us. There are teachers here, a lot of teachers. When you teach well, when you do your best for teaching, that is actually glorifying our Lord. There are some people who are working at the restaurant. When you do your best to provide the, the good service and food, that's actually glorifying the Lord. There are people who are uh, doing more um, uh, hard work, uh, meaning uh, like doctors and lawyers in this room. When you do your work, that's glorifying the Lord. But at the same time, there are people who are doing more uh, simpler things or um, you know, cleaning or uh, like cleaning the streets, stuff like that. Like it's still glorifying the Lord. There is no high and low in what we do for the kingdom. But when we do that for the Lord, that's how we glorify our God. So let us do our best this coming week, not for ourselves, but for the Lord. The second encouragement is this. That was the first encouragement. The second encouragement is know that your Lord is just. In verse 25, um, he continues like this. For the wrongdoers will be paid back for the, for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Uh, in my late 20s, my work environment was, uh, was uh, at Christian school context. So that meant that I had a lot of uh, Christians at the workplace, and some of them uh, overlaps the church community as well. And I believe that some of you uh, also have that kind of work uh, environment. The one pattern that uh, was really challenging to me uh, uh, was this. There are uh, some people who were so inspired by the church thing, um, they were uh, all about you know, these good things. They were playing Christian music when they come to the office. And they uh, are good at going to the Bible study. They are really work hard for the church thing. But then, uh, after Sunday, on Monday, they're coming to the office late, like 15 minutes late. And they are very lazy at their work. And they don't do their best. And when that happens, um, even as a fellow believer, it was challenging when someone says that they have faith in Christ, but still they don't want to do their best for their work. It's challenging. And you may ex have experienced this even if you're not working in a Christian environment. Like at your workplace, there is one brother or one uh, co-worker that you know that he goes to the church. Uh, but the way he treats people, he's abusing them. As a, as a team leader. You know that that person is actually a very good elder, especially in Korean context. I see hear this story more and more. Uh, this is like, like elder who are respected at the church, uh, but at the workplace, he's done something that is very illegal. 
So when we face those things, I think we see that the testimony of the gospel it loses the power. So one encouragement that Paul is giving us, but it's all same time, it's a warning that he is just. I think it really telling us that uh, don't, do not be lazy in our daily work. Being Christian does not mean that now we are okay to be lazy or lax uh, in our non-church lives. No, that's not what it is, but I think Paul's encouragement is that we are called to do our best even, um, even at the most challenging situation. And the way that it encourages us uh, is especially um, if you have uh, difficult situations or if you go through like toxic environment, if you go through toxic culture at your work, um, I encourage you to do your best to address those at the workplace. But at the same time, um, be encouraged and be comforted by the fact that our Lord is just, and His justice will be done eventually, ultimately, whether it's here on earth or to the new age, to the new uh, heaven and earth that we'll have, there will be true justice fulfilled. So that's the hope and encouragement for us. Lastly, um, I'd like to share um, the last point, which is the masters under lordship. I, I got this word from verse uh, chapter 4, verse 1. As it says like this, uh, Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Some of us in this room, uh, who are actually in the power of authority and, and influence. You have that power or you have that influence, that authority at your workplace. Uh, you may not be the like president or CEO, uh, but you may still have some people under you uh, as a lead team leader or as a manager. Uh, my exhortation for you is to not to abuse those people. Be just and be fair. Know that there is always, uh, we are always work for the Lord under the true master of our lives. So for those who are in that position, that's the exhortation of our passage today. But uh, many of us will assume that verse 1 really does not apply to us because, um, you know, the population of our church. We're still like the young church, and um, many of us are still in, in, in terms of our uh, status in the workplace. Um, more th um, rather than have someone under us, we'll actually work uh, for someone and under someone. Um, so that may uh, make you assume that this verse 1 does not apply to uh, your lives, but I still want to extend this verse one to all of us here in this room. We're living in a very unique uh, society, meaning that we actually have a lot of uh, privilege 
an access uh, that was not available to uh, many people in our past. The many things that we have in our lives, uh, in the ancient world, or Paul's time, it was available only to those who are privileged, those uh, few people. For example, it's like this. Uh, after our service today, you will go to the restaurant. You will pay the money. There will be people who are serving you. There will be people who are cooking for you. And there will be people who are actually cleaning everything for you. And those short moments, you know, you pay for that. And those short moments, uh, you're actually in a place of the masters that Paul is talking about. And that is legitimate. There is a legitimate reason and right uh, for us to uh, have these um, servants or uh, the food uh, and, and servings when we go to the restaurant. But even those moments, do remember, always remember that we're not there simply as a master. There's always true and ultimate masters over us. We're not living our lives with this mindset where because we pay, we can abuse others. We're not living our lives. Christian. That's not the Christian mindset. Christian mindset is not... Uh, telling ourselves, because we pay, we can do whatever we want to do. That's not the call for the believers. But the call for the believers, even those moments when you actually have right because you paid, when you are, when you are in the position of masters, you still remember true, there is a true masters in heaven and be humble and be gentle. He is our Lord. Jesus is our Lord, and we are his servants. And I would like to uh, conclude our message um, with this exhortation. You may feel it's impossible. Leaving our workplace, facing um, different challenges at workplace with this heart, with this posture, it seems like it's very, very hard and impossible. Remember our Lord Jesus. And he is the ultimate Lord, and he is the ultimate owner of everything. That's what this Colossians, uh, in Colossians, that's what Paul has been talking about. He is the head. Everything is for him. Everything is through him. But that Lord Jesus, you know, he worked sincerely. He worked hard. And if it wasn't his sincere work, none of us probably had any hope. Now, his work was the work of redemption. His work was the work of salvation. His work was to redeem his servants. As a Lord of the ultimate Lord of the universe, he took the form of slave. He took the form of servants. He came down and he decided this path of sacrificing himself for his 
servants. That's what he has done on the cross. And that's how he saved us, and that's how he has become our Lord. So Gospel City, remember our Lord who took a form of servants for you to save you and also to become the Lord of your life. Let's pray and finish our time. If you've been blessed through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. Gospel City is a gospel-centered church in Seoul, South Korea, on a mission to plant Korean-speaking, healthy, gospel-centered churches. You can give by going to the website give.thegospelcity.org. Thank you for listening and subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Remember, Jesus changes everything.